charge of looking for the icebergs. However, he didn't have access to the binoculars as, uh, as they were locked up and the key didn't make the journey. Stop, hammer time. Are you kidding me? That's his job. <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is, or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. All right, so we're talking about all things foolish for April Fool's Day. All the foolish stuff. Yeah, I on. I, um... I was a little nervous about this one because generally great minds think alike. Yes. So I thought maybe I should let Katie know what I'm doing before. And I was like, no, the no. foolish thing to do <laughs> would be just to come in hot with information. <laughs> so I started thinking about um, anthropomorphic foolishness. Okay. Animals that we think of as foolish. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. I like that. So the, I mean, the obvious ones are birds, right? Okay. For some bizarre reasons, birds are often portrayed as stupid. English language, we have bird brain, chickens running around with their head cut off, things like that. We think of birds as being really stupid because there are a lot of um, urban legends that they accidentally kill themselves, they yeah. fly into things, and they're disorganized. They look up when it rains and yeah. they drown or something. Like all of these things. Yeah. So some of the birds that we think are the most foolish, obviously chickens. Uh-huh. Chickens are known as being easily frightened, stupid, and cowardly. They run around quickly mm-hmm. but do you know why they run around and it's kind of a little sad yeah. because they can't fly very high or very far that's all they got <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean think about for chickens yeah they, want to they can fly exercise. a little bit yeah you know they could be a couple feet up and they can fly down or they can scurry mm-hmm. and like to you know go a little run and then a fly but running is what they have people yeah that's their thing and they know they're not that fast so like maybe i'll try to confuse a motherfucker yeah by running in a weird pattern yeah because it's fun also. It also could be fun. But yeah, try it on a lawn sometime. It's like <laughs> just really, run, run around, around. In, a, in a crazy pattern. So we have negative phrases like to run around uh, like a headless chicken or a chicken with his head mm-hmm. cut off. is a negative thing. The chicken out of something is to be a chicken coward. Out, so we right? think of them as stupid and cowardly. And calling someone a chicken and cackling at someone is like an insult. Oh, right, and a chicken head. Yeah, a chicken head. All of these things negative. Um, also geese. It said geese are seen um, as compared, they compare them to ducks and swans. So swans are supposed to be like gracious and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Swans are nasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They are. Geese will chase you. Yeah. So swans, they say geese are portrayed as being stupid, arrogant, arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, naive, gullible, or gossipy. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a portrayal that we saw a lot growing up, like Disney cartoons and other cartoons. The geese, they're always gossiping and talking about. You know what, I, I think it's, it's something, this is like an acting, an actor's technique in order to develop a character. They teach you, one thing you can do is lead with a different part of your body. Okay. And then the character will follow. So if you stick out your chin mm-hmm. and just start talking, what kind of character is that? They're kind of arrogant. Yeah, you know, like, like looking down your nose at people. Yeah, so when animals have a protruding body part or they walk in a certain way, then we tend to put these qualities on pe- on these animals? Uh, yeah, this Maybe? is the, yeah, we're putting on them. So the interesting thing here, owls. So I had always thought of owls as like the wise old owl. But apparently in uh, the Middle Ages, owls were seen as stupid. Really? And evil. Oh, great. And they were helping witches. What a combo. <laughs> stupid and evil. And many paintings, it's shown this way. And there's a Dutch profanity word 
Ulskulkin. I don't know if I said that right, or how nasty that is, so I apologize for those of you. <laughs> it's an owl chick. It's, it's a stupid person. Um, and then there's a Dutch saying that says, what, are, what use are a candle and glasses if the owl refuses to see? You know. <laughs> what use are they? What are and, use are they? In Asian, many Asian cultures, owls are traditionally seen as dumb okay. instead of wise. Um, we always think of the owl as wise because it's quiet, mm-hmm. and it just yells out, who? So right, like, and the big eyes. Yeah, and the big eyes. So right. it's taking in a lot of information. Pigeons, no love for them. Nobody loves them. Um, they're often seen as dumb. And in the Flemish dialect, there's a word, simpella uh, duif, or something like that. It's a simple pigeon, and it is to refer to someone who is dumb or naive. You know, the mm-hmm. Flemish that everyone's using all the time. Yeah. The popular Flemish term. <laughs> yeah, all that Flemish slang that has permeated our culture. I know, it's destroying English, Flemish. Yeah. Uh, donkeys, of course, stupid, lazy, mm-hmm. disorganized. I put that on myself. Slow. And then they're also known as asses. And an ass is generally it not is, a positive thing. Right. Right? You call someone an ass. Um, also, um, traditionally, many cultures look up to the cow. But in Western cultures, the cow is seen as dumb. Yes. Uh, because the cow is seen to do nothing more than standing in a grassy field. Maybe looking at traffic, staring at people by, and chewing. Mm-hmm. So the phrase dumb cow or stupid cow, uh, also a herd mentality and being treated as cattle mm-hmm. are also things that go along with being foolish or stupid. Okay. Uh, but it's interesting because I grew up across from a cow farm. You've been to my house and you've seen the cows yes. there. What else are they supposed to be doing, man? I know. Like, what are they, <laughs> like your taxes? I don't know. Yeah. And also they mentioned in here... Uh, there's an urban legend. I didn't know this was an urban legend. A cow tipping. Mm. So that's what they say people do. Where I'm from, obviously, we would never do something like yeah. that. And I've never heard of anyone doing something like that. And I don't think it's possible. That's what I, I've, I've heard of people saying that they're going cow tipping. It can't be done. Do yeah. um, if you think it can be done, please go into any field where you see a cow standing. Like, go ahead and try it. Yeah. See if the cow doesn't just walk off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can be violent. If yeah. they if they have to be, they I think they just are very chilled out. Yeah, you know. So yeah, those are animals that we think of as as foolish. I couldn't really think of yeah, any other. Like hyenas is another one. Cow tipping. That's the idea. The cow is asleep, and you can knock it over. I don't. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what animal is so rigid and so so dead to the world while sleeping that you could knock it over. Yeah, you know. Doesn't Come make to sense. your house. How would you like that? Knock yeah. it out of bed. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go and I'm gonna wait. And then just see if I can push him out of bed and be like, woo! Yeah. And then run off. (laughs) It's a great pastime. Cow tipping. It never happened. All right. All right. What do you have? Okay. This is a story. Of a lovely lady. Uh, (laughs) A man was angry. His photo was used to prove all hipsters look alike. (laughs) Then learns it wasn't him. (laughs) Did he think it was him? Yes. This reader (laughs) threatened to sue... A technology magazine for using what he thought was his image. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, to be clear, this is a white guy yeah. in his twenties, maybe early thirties, yeah. in a beanie, yeah, bearded. It was used in a story about why all hipsters look the same, only to find out the picture was of a completely different guy. Oh no! <laughs> what a loser! So he did prove their point. Yeah, he couldn't even recognize his damn. It self. was about this so-called hipster effect. This was an article. Yeah. About the hipster effect, um, it's a counterintuitive phenomenon in which people who oppose mainstream culture culture mm-hmm. all end up looking the same. I know. I never understood that when I was younger. 
So this article included this Getty image photo of a bearded flannel-wearing man tinted with a blue and orange hue. Um, <laughs> the man or the photo? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and, and then it prompted one reader to write to the magazine in this. Your lack of basic journalistic ethics in both the manner in which you reported this uncredited nonsense and the slanderous, unnecessary use of my picture without permission demands a response. I am, of course, pursuing legal action. That's what this guy writes. But it wasn't him. <laughs> oh, my God. Did they counter So the editor-in-chief uh, it got, into, uh, got into it, and um, they... They must have had a field day with that in their office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they went ahead and they went to uh, th- went to their office and they they talked to the person who got the image, um, and they said, "Where is it?" He went to the art department and the response was, "Yes, we have the right license, but you know we can take the picture down anyway if he yeah. wants us to. But we have a license to use this picture." Do these does this guy n- not understand how these things work? Like I've worked at a number of publications, so have you. You go. You have an account mm-hmm. with a company, and you go on and you buy the rights to mm-hmm. an image for a certain amount of time. Yeah, and you pay for it, and then you use it. You don't just use random photos of people. Yeah, because you will get sued. Right, and often the photo is not exact. They're looking for a beer. You know, they know what they're looking for, mm-hmm. and they bought the photos to go with it. Yeah, the creative director said no. This was an image that they used with permission and, and perfectly in accordance of with course. their rights. Yeah, and they should not take it down just because somebody doesn't like it. And so how it got resolved. They wrote to Getty Images and said, look, we have an angry reader who doesn't like the way we use this photo. Could you please check to know if he signed, if the model signed for the release? Yeah. So they went ahead and did all this work, and they said that actually the model in this photo <laughs> does not have the same name as the person who wrote to you. So it was a different person altogether. Oh, my goodness. And then, so they wrote back to him and said, uh, we don't think this is you. And then he <laughs> replied, oh, I guess you're right, it's not. But no apology. You know what? Typical hipster wasting people's time. Yeah. All on a soapbox. Yeah, about then, nothing. Uh, yeah, like, oh, it's all about me. I will be suing you for using an image of some guy who looks like me because all hipsters look alike. <laughs> it was a slanderous article, too. Yeah. <laughs> right, so now it's a, another article has come up. I would like to know who this gentleman is. Yeah. Did it say his name? His name is probably a Tyler. Yeah. And it's like this picture of a no longer, you know, kind of 30-ish, late 30s white man with a beard. It's bizarre. For me, the weird thing about the hipster look is that it's been going on since the 90s. Yeah. I remember people who looked dirty and scrawny like this in like 1994 when I was living in Seattle. Why is it still happening now? Yeah. I'm 45 almost. Yeah. And this is still happening? I don't know. Um, Yeah, and they do still, they do all very much dress alike. When I was a kid, I was always fascinated by different scenes, and mm-hmm. I thought, because I felt like a kind of an alternative person, I had, mm-hmm. I liked different things than most of the kids around me, so I thought, oh great, when I get older, I'm going to be in a scene, and then I started seeing all these scenes, I'm like, mm, all these people are dressed like the same kind of vampire, Yeah. all these people are, have a mohawk, all of these people are dressed like, you know, they, all, um, they are hippies from the Vietnam era, like, they all looked alike, and so for me, that destroyed the idea of trying to join a group to be someone alternative yeah because just wear whatever you want and then do your freaky shit yeah right (laughs) right because what why do you have to wear a uniform to match your tastes exactly in in music so katie and i went to a punk show about a year ago we just went the way that we normally are dressed we didn't have we didn't feel the need to dress punk no but in a way maybe that was more punk yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're talking about um, foolish stuff here. So I have a, a foolish law um, that has just been taken out of circulation, mm-hmm. I guess. So this is um, Utah legislature passes bill legalizing sex outside of marriage. That's right. This law was still on the book <gasps> in the one state in the union that I have never been to and probably will never go to, mm-hmm. which is Utah. 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 So Utah legislature on Tuesday decriminalized fornication, making it legal to have sex outside of marriage. All right. So this is just for single people, not like an affair. Oh, that's still... So if you went to Utah and had sex with somebody, well... I'm okay now? Now it's okay. So go. (laughs) But if that was your goal before, you would have been running afoul of the law. So the legislation passed. You would think it would pass like, you know, 100% of the people. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. 41 to 32. Are you kidding? Repealing the 1973. So this was added in the 70s. The 1973 misdemeanor crime of fornication or sex between two people who are not married. The bill previously passed in the Senate is now being sent to the desk of Governor Gary Herbert to be signed or vetoed. Here's a quote. As with all bills, our team will review the specific language before the governor takes out his signing pen. What's to review? His signing pen. Who the fuck do these people think they are? I know. <laughs> Quite exactly. honestly, who yeah. do they think they are? Yeah. Really? Tell we are, however, are. supportive of this update to Utah's criminal code. So the current law um, that's going to be repealed criminalizes fornication, uh, is included in the state's criminal code of chapter on offenses against the family. Whose family? What what family? Whose family is is this being is harmed by this? Yeah, that the idea that some other people are having sex in a room somewhere or somewhere, wherever, wherever, and and they're not married, and that and is destroying your family. Somewhere? Your family. Um. Yeah, it's so like this is this is what makes me so angry about humanity. Yeah. Again, who the hell are you? Yeah. Um. You know what? And it's also, I feel like. <laughs> In a way, you know, not st- standing up to this kind of nonsense earlier. Because yeah. like, you go, yeah, whatever. Those okay, people, it's Utah. Guess what? Those people are making laws. Yes. And they're putting things They're in making it. laws. Yeah. And it's okay. If you don't like people having sex outside of marriage, don't like it, don't have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but come on. This is, and this has got to come from a religious belief. Because there's absolutely nothing in, uh, in a non-religious context where this should be problematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not sex with a minor. It's well, not. Two consenting it's adults. two consenting adults um, having sex who are not married. Um, so those found guilty of this, and I don't know how well, this you can happens. say that's guilty. Yeah, yeah, when they bust in and are like, "Hacha!" They caught you. <laughs> yeah, uh, six months in jail and a fine of up to a thousand dollars. So this was in 1973. People during the sexual revolution. The law, however, is not pursued by police for a prosecution and is not enforced. Don't care. Mm-hmm doesn't matter it still exists like some on some jackasses got this on there utah representative paul ray who sponsored the bill said it was about time these laws were reversed he's probably like look i i need to have it off <laughs> i'm not married but i am in utah yeah and i like to do it in public yeah that's, that's... and i'm tired of of the fear yeah i can't live with this fear anymore. i can't live with the fear other conservatives in the utah house disapprove the repeal now are there anyone who's not a conservative in the Utah House? Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. What And the quote from uh, Representative Kevin Stratton, 
what it says, what is legal, what is legally is often far below what is morally right. Again, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Um, and the definition and, of morals. Yeah. Right. And I recognize our laws are not strong enough to rule an immoral people. Please go away. <laughs> Please go away. Get an island somewhere and have your little bizarre caliphate or whatever it is that you're yeah. trying to do. Get the fuck out of here. Are that, you kidding me? This is where it's going. It's like so many people are just not having it anymore. It's not just like tolerating it with an eye roll. This is like, yes. we're, we're like kind of done with we're everybody done who with acts this. like this. I, this is place. the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. Like, I understand that these laws, if it had been on the book for books for 100 years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 150 years. Because we used to have slavery. Everything mm-hmm. was, you know, <laughs> whatever. But in 1973, it was there. It was there. So they came up with people. People were having sex without getting fined, um, and the fact that they are not even using this law is makes it even more ridiculous. So is it a problem or not? Is it hurting families or not? Because mm-hmm. if it is, we need to start locking people up, like immediately, yeah, and finding people. Get... If this is a real safety issue, this is a threat for families. Yes. Um, the other question, I guess, is as a person who is not a part of a family, does this also hurt you? that other people are, or is it just families and what kind of family is it is yeah, it a family with a children family, am i being am i being that's hurt? what i'm saying yeah, okay so if you went to utah and two other people were having sex who weren't married and it hurts a family shouldn't it also affect you in some negative way yeah <laughs> right i don't know it makes no sense at it all hurts and families. what you're saying is the salient point is that and this is about fools really i mean these are people who are elected so we have a representative democracy. So they're, rep, they're fools, rep, like representing mm-hmm. fools, elected by fools to come up with this foolishness. Right. Don't they have anything else to do? Apparently not. Who are the 32 people who voted against this? They're all pinched. They're probably not old enough is the problem. They're like married people mm-hmm. who Men have missed out. And women. And yeah. they, want everybody, out? they want everybody to be miserable. It's yeah. that kind of person like, what is the song? I hope when you see my face, it gives you hell. You yeah. know, like that kind of vindictive, like, I want you to be miserable kind but of person. But the nerve to think that you can tell anybody, mm-hmm. two consenting adults, what to do um, in the privacy of work. Like, it's just mm-hmm. offensive to me. Like I said at the beginning, who the hell do you think you are? There is a lot of people who think they are that. If you want to prohibit this in your own little circle, mm-hmm. in your religion, that's fine. And you want to have some kind of punishment, like you're not allowed to come in here to our temple or whatever or the thing is. you can't take the snack. Or you can't take the in snack. The of the, yeah. That's fine. But, like, this is not a legislative thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, foolishness, there's one piece of foolishness that's going to be a little less foolish. But it's still pretty fucking foolish that is foolish you know utah i'm glad i traveled around the u.s when i was young because i don't have the appetite for it anymore yeah too cynical now again like no no tolerance i I think we talked about this as kids we wanted to visit every state yeah now it's like not really no i'm I'm glad i saw you know i I went through alabama (laughs) (laughs) i've been through you know I, i went through you know every state except for utah uh, and I haven't been to Hawaii and Alaska. I'd still like to go to Hawaii and Alaska, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I saw everything else. I'm good. Yeah. You know, everything else I, need, I feel like I need to see now is outside of our borders. I'm particularly interested in going south of the border because there's so much there yeah. that we haven't seen, you know. This is true. A thousand dollars for having sex. 
anyone writes a check to anyone for that. And in 1973, that was a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's, it doesn't seem like a lot of money now, but six months and $1,000 because some guy. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. So I have, I found a check that was dated in 1968 for $10 for the birth of somebody. Okay. That was never checked. Cash? Cashed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the birth happened, the check, not cash. So it was like $10 for the, for like a, you know, the christening. I'm like, what kind of gift is that? But I looked up in, that, in those dollars, it was $100. Oh, okay. All right. So think about that. $10 and 68 was $100. Yeah. $1,000 and 73. Yeah. It's Multiply still, that. It's still too much now, though. Yeah. You know? All right, that's like you, no, yeah, that's like ten thousand dollars. Ridiculous, ten thousand dollars. There's there are a lot of laws on the books like this that they're trying to scrub off, but this is a new law. This is nineteen. This is in our lifetime, right? Needs to go. It's gone. gone. All right, I have seven stupid mistakes that changed the course of history drastically. Okay, just a little tiny thing. It's like the Ashton uh, Kutchner movie. It's kind of like the butterfly effect. <laughs> yes, but, but it makes sense. So this is about the sinking of Titanic. It could have been prevented if oh, it Lord. weren't for a missing key. Really? Yeah, so there's all these, all different theories have cropped up on how this vessel went down. I think they should have never said it's unsinkable. That's where they went wrong. I know, right, the attitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Attitude is what sunk the ship. Uh, one of the many theories involves one of the few crew members who managed to survive the deadliest commercial peacetime maritime disaster. His name mm-hmm. was Fred Fleet, and he was in charge... Well, there you go. The clue <laughs> is in the name. <laughs> he was in charge of looking for the icebergs. However, he didn't have access to the binoculars. Uh, as, re- as they were locked up and the key didn't make the journey. Stop, hammer time. Are you kidding me? He got on it. They cut his legs off, basically. Fleet even testified to the Senate that if he he had access, he would have seen the impending disaster well in advance to prevent it. Mm -hmm. So before this, so was he just standing on the bow, like just peering as hard as he could? (laughs) Basically, that's what they were doing. But by the time he saw it, it was too late. It was right there. Because also, well, like there's an iceberg, everyone's like, "No shit, dude, we just hit it." Well, a lot of icebergs that we we know that we see that mm. they they kind of have they're white in yeah. appearance, but this one was frozen with seawater and it, it had was clear. it was clear or it looked like the, the sky. But it was like, "Do you see anything?" He's like, "No." Two seconds later, <laughs> <laughs> it smacks him in the face. So before the ship set sail, the company made a sudden decision of replacing the second officer of the ship, David Blair, with Charles Light Troller. Well, there you go. And the key to the locker stayed in the pocket of Blair, who forgot to hand it over, and the ship sailed. Well done. Did they find that guy and they pin it on him? That's all. That's weird. Okay, so I understand that, you know, they hired a guy whose job was it was to look for icebergs. Mm-hmm. And if that was such a concern, why just one guy? And why one just key. one pair of binoculars? Right. Why are the binoculars locked up? Why aren't they on the guy's neck all the Like, why didn't he get on with them? And don't you, when you're doing a safety thing, don't you do a check before you go that you have everything? But at no point during the voyage could they have, like, broken into it? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah, they were out there a couple of days. Yeah, they were. It wasn't like they they set sail and then clink, they hit and then it sunk. Like they yeah. were out there for a while. So the whole time he was just peering. Yeah, and just like I'll oh, just kind of eyeball the situation <laughs> until it's too late. The other thing too is that we have to remember it takes a long time to slow down a ship. It does. So I wonder how much time it was before he saw it, and then he was like, did the calculations was like, fuck. <laughs> 
you know. Now what? Yeah. Um, now the Berlin Wall. Okay. Okay, that came down. Same deal. Because of a bureaucratic, <laughs> because a bureaucrat didn't read his speech properly. Okay. So it's kind. They say it's kind of funny, but East Germany decided to loosen up travel restrictions, and Gunter Schabowski. Mm-hmm. I love that name. Yeah. Schabowski. Get Schabowski on it. <laughs> Schabowski. An East German politician was given the charge of bringing the relaxation rules into into the information of people of Germany by holding a press conference. So mm-hmm. he's like, they're like, you... This is the Schabowski method. <laughs> the Schabowski method. So on that, that day, November 9th, 1989, Schabowski was given a piece of paper that he didn't care to read before stepping onto the podium. He's like the Ron Burgundy of East Germany. (laughs) So the speech was long and boring, but everyone at once... To him, even? Yeah, they were all like... Because he's walking up there like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Whatever. Everyone at once was alerted when he started talking about relaxation of the travel rules between the borders. So I imagine a crowd of of East Germans, and they're like, what's this guy talking about? Relaxation. All right, everybody piped out. Yeah, and everyone's like, the borders, borders, what, what? Shabowski speaking. So the reporters, after waking up from a long snooze through the whole thing, who weren't listening, nobody was listening until they heard a few key words. Mm -hmm. Um, He was saying the travel rules were being, somebody said, oh, the travel rules are being dropped completely? And they were asking, when does that go into effect? So they didn't hear him right. He okay. didn't know what he was talking about. He's just reading it. He's just reading it. And then so someone said, when does it go into, into force? And he started flipping the pages to find the answer and realized he was making a fool of himself standing there. And he just was like, um, immediately, right away. So the, the Really? <laughs> yes. Are you kidding? So the press got into business right like It already started. Yeah. <laughs> and then... East that glorified East Germany's decision to take down the Berlin Wall right oh away fueled up, and soon a frenzy ensued. They're like, "Yeah, we're taking down the wall," and everyone just took it down. And they told the military just to stay back because it was too late. Yeah, it was going to be a disaster otherwise. Because it's like they just said it's coming down. So the military guys like, "What's what's going on? They're taking it down. Like, is this okay?" It's like, I guess so. Yeah. This guy said it's alright. They don't do anything. Yeah, you just said there was. Did you not hear the speech? Sure, I heard it. Oh, okay. Talk about, so that's in a, taking down something like a wall is supposed to be a monumentous occasion. This asshole, Shabowski or whatever, it's like, is it, uh, what did he say? <laughs> it's over. Yeah, he's like, uh, immediately, right away. Sure. When's, when's the wall coming down? Did he get into trouble? He probably got back to the office like, guys, I fucked up. I, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> like, surprise. Yeah. So is that all it takes to reverse, um... A monumentous decision like that is for some asshole to stand up with a piece of paper and say it's over. Yeah, and then communism is done. Sure. What did he say? He said it's over. Yeah, it's over. It's over. It's embarrassing. What did you you say? It's over when? Uh, Now? Immediately. (laughs) I don't know, man. Was it? Must say something. Somewhere in this paper that I'm reading, which is boring, by the way. Yeah. No no one waited for him to finish. Like they're not even listening. You know, I'm gonna go home. Yeah. Forget about it. I'm going to go home. Yeah, uh, this one here is about D-Day and okay. Germany's loss of Normandy. Mm-hmm. It was the result of a commander who took off to celebrate his wife's birthday. Yes. Erwin Rommel commanded... Okay. No was, relation to Shabotsky. <laughs> what is his name? Shab- yeah, 
Shabowski. Right? Shabowski. That's right. It's another yeah, East German. What was going on? These guys are sleeping on the job. Yeah. So this guy was commanded by Adolf Hitler to defend the coast of France. However, the badass field marshal was convinced that an invasion by the enemy troops was still a way off, considering the weeks of bad weather and went about that went by without any enemy activity. So it was bad weather. There was the enemies were. Far away. Anyone, this was the, the calm before the storm. Like, come on. Yeah, but he's just like, we still have time because of the weather. So he decided to fly home to celebrate his wife's birthday. They're just hiring anybody. Yeah. <laughs> the other <laughs> commanding officers were also convinced that, that the weather wouldn't allow any invasion. So they too left. Convinced slash just wanted to go home. Yeah. It's kind of like, like now we're like, it looks like it's going to snow. Let's shut everything yeah, down. Yeah, they, they went to do training exercises. Yeah. So they're like, we're going. We're going to. He's so gone. Then Our leader's team, gone. So on his wife's birthday, June 6th, the invasion took place, and by the time Rommel was back, all five beaches were captured by all his forces. <laughs> I'm sorry. By the time he came back, <laughs> yeah. what a surprise for him. <laughs> now, that was one of one goof up, and the second one followed. Um, like, the German forces thought that releasing panzer tanks would have turned mm-hmm. the battle in their favor, which yeah. it probably would have. And so... But instead, they, they needed, released a flock of dubs. No, but they dubs. had to call Hitler to get his permission mm-hmm. and it was the middle of the night and nobody wanted to wake Hitler up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cause okay. don't wake up Hitler. Even though it's like a, just you know, a move on the battle. Fine. Mm-hmm. It can wait. So nobody called him cause they didn't want to deal with his wrath. And that mm-hmm. was the end. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Has Mel Brooks gotten a hold of that story? Because <laughs> are you kidding me? Nice. So we know it is D-Day, but it's also known as that guy's anniversary. The <laughs> guy's wife's oh, birthday. Oh, his wife's birthday. What a boob. Yeah. Oh, I have another one. Then. Yeah, do another one. These are good. So we all learned that World War One was, that started with the assassination of uh, Archduke Ferdinand. Yes, we all, okay. yeah. That, for some bizarre reason, we learned so little in school, but that one. That one is just the like, most, because it was important to our grandparents. Right. I don't know if going forward it's going to be as important to to young people as what we did not learn about was Vietnam. Yeah. Korea, War of the Philippines. No. (laughs) Anything going on with Haiti, in any case. Yes. So that was the spark that lit the fire for World War Mm -hmm. I. But that day, there were two assassination attempts were directed at the Archduke. In both of them, his chauffeur's role was pivotal. The first attempt failed. The same day? Yeah. Go home, dude. (laughs) No. Well, (laughs) there was one attempt because the chauffeur, um, thanks to his chauffeur's success at deflecting the bomb that the assassin had thrown at the Archduke's carriage. Oh, I'll keep so, this is old school. Yeah. Right? Someone was like, uh, So you someone know. tried to throw this bomb at the carriage and the chauffeur got them out of the way. Yeah, like Wile E. Coyote style. Yeah, but they they survived, the Archduke and his wife, or the Duchess, but other people died. So they kind of got away, but then the, the Duke later expressed his desire to meet the victims, and on the way to the hospital, a wrong turn taken by the chauffeur changed right. the course yeah. of history. And it led them straight towards one of the assassins who had been hiding in a coffee shop. And when he saw the car approaching, um, he fired two shots. The Duke and the Duchess dropped dead. We should never again let the death of these kind of despots or people in charge be the start of a war. Not worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, not worth it. That's fascinating. So, nowadays, if someone gets attacked, they go home. Mm -hmm. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, they don't continue to go out. It's like, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. You know? You'll be okay, but he took a wrong turn. And then, poof. Yeah. And then World War One. Pretty fascinating. So I was looking up the some definitions for fool, and I've always wondered what the motley fool means. Oh, yeah. Uh, so motley fool, motley fool uh, was first showed up in the English language in the 1300s. It, <clears throat> the word motley comes from an Anglo-Norman meaning variegated. Um, and derived from the old French mean, uh, medley or conflict. So it, it originally was describing a kind of a woven cloth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get this right. Yeah, a woven cloth that was woven from uh, threads of different colors. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it became the, the noun for the cloth itself and then anything that was multicolored. So it kind of transferred over to being multicolored. An appearance, and then it became a multicolored garment worn by someone playing the role of a fool. Okay, and then that's how it comes together—the motley fool. Oh. so the fool wears a multicolored um, uh, motley garment, but the phrase "the motley fool" and the look of wearing a multicolored garment came together okay. for the motley fool. So, in the 17th century, motley starts; it transfers from the fool from the clothing. To, from uh, having a multicolored appearance to just like a group of people of different, oh, or, not different okay. origins, but like a mixed group of people okay. becomes a uh, motley. And then it's a motley crew. Okay. Right. Oh, and so then it's like a ragtag. Yeah. Ragtag group of people, probably like a bunch of actors mm-hmm. or a bunch of politicians or a bunch of criminals, you know, shady people basically. And so that's ba- pretty much the etymology of, it. and then motley crew picked up the name um, from that idea of Motley Crue, but they added the umlauts because apparently they like German beer. <laughs> and their beer they were drinking had the umlauts over it. Okay. So um, that's it, the Motley Crue. That's where it comes from, model. Nice. So, like, you know, modeled. We barely ever use that word. Oh, we never, we talk, rarely do we talk about modeling. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. But um, something that's modeled is multicolored. Okay. Um, so it really should have been like, instead of, what is it? J- what is the guy's name in his multicolored or technicolor dream coat? Oh, Joseph. Joseph and his technicolor dream coat. It probably should have been Joseph and his modeled. Oh. Or motley. His motley coat. Coat. The same thing. I like that. I never liked the technicolor part because I felt like it's just like a, an anachronism. Yeah. Because it was the time, the time period plus when it was done. It, well, yeah, I know. You know. No, it was just like, well, Joseph and his multicolored coat. That's yeah. what it was in the, the Bible yeah. story. And then and the then Technicolor was the Broadway. Yeah. It's not a great musical. No. Go, 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 Joseph. You're in the ding. Yeah. The, the, the big, the big uh, cast. The big number. number. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's no Jesus Christ superstar. Yeah. <laughs> what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like. You like Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, it's fun. I like the Godspell. It's like you're either giants or jets, you're Godspell or Jesus Christ superstar. That's <laughs> yes. the way it goes. That's how it goes. That's yeah. how it breaks down. Yeah, yeah I'm not Godspell. I'm like, mm. you're either pork roll or Taylor Ham. <laughs> yes. This is how the world is separate. This is how we, we break out. You know, it's not about black and white, <laughs> it's not about male and female. It's really about pork roll, Taylor and Ham. Taylor Ham. All right, what do you have? Speaking okay. of foolish things. Yeah, I have a, what was life like for a court jester? Okay. I would say pretty rough. Mm. People are depending upon you during times of hardship to, you know, yeah, get they a couple were, laughs. They were battle, battlefield comedians um, to unfortunate messengers. Jesters played a, a, 
varied roles in the courts throughout the Middle Ages and the Tudor period. Can you imagine on the battlefield trying to crack a joke? I know, right? Yeesh. Or how about, I want to do actual gallows humor. Battlefield <laughs> yes. comedians. Oh, do you hear the one about yes. the bullet wound? Yeah. No, I want to be, like I said, I want to be at the gallows, like where they're hanging people, cracking jokes there. Like, look at this guy. Yeah. Heads were rolled, that kind of thing. Got a good head on his shoulders. No, it's on the ground. Put up, no. Mom. Yes. So, so there are men or women. Oh. Court jesters, yes. I didn't know women were court jesters as well. Yeah. And the name, like, the jester is also known as, like, a little servant. And it was a name given to a wide range of entertainers, including singers, musicians, jugglers, tumblers, mm-hmm. and magicians. A battlefield juggler. And, uh, well, they were called joculators. Okay. Joculators. I like that. The general term. Yeah. Or jesters, but joculators. Joculators. Yeah. And a woman is a joculatrix. Oh, I like that. <laughs> joculatrixes. And that's okay. That's our band name. Joculatrix. That's our girl band name. Yeah. yeah. Joculatrix. There was a the one famous wo- woman. Her name was Adeline, and she was in. She was. She got a lot of land for her work. Okay. I think um, she got a lot of laughs. <laughs> She killed. She was employed as a, as a minstrel, and she owned a lot of lands in Hampshire in the year 1086. Wow, she must have been amazing. Yeah. So around the 12th century, the title of the fool began to be mentioned in documents. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a fool named Roland Lepetor, and he was given 30 acres of land by King Henry II, probably when he retired. For a shtick? On the condition that Roland returned to the royal court every year on Christmas Day to leap, whistle, and fart. Wow. So he's got to have a tight five-minute set (laughs) once a year. Big (laughs) dinner of beans, I guess. To fart on command. Yeah. But apparently, like, to be, like, there were people who were farters, and they would do that to entertain, and... I mean, is it like things like, what do you do? You whistle? Hell no, dude. I fart. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? Yes, that was like a thing. It's Farts are hilarious. Yeah, yes, they are funny. Yeah, but that was a way to entertain the people. So you sang a little song, did a dance, and then you farted. Wow. And you would see that in the movie Amadeus, right? He got up from the piano and he farted. Yeah. And we were like, ew. But that was part of the humor. Okay. It's kind of like a bookend to it. Like, yeah. you got to do it with time. I wonder if there are some people who are like, yeah, his farts are okay, but timing is off. <laughs> off did you see that last bit yeah so noblemen and the kings did not throw daily banquets um but they threw a lot of them but listening to the same fool or or, or joculator every night would have been tedious Mm -hmm. so they only performed occasionally and the rest of the year they were expected to carry out other duties of the household such as being keeper of the hounds what traveling to markets buy the buy livestock Mm mm-hmm to feed the family, that kind of thing. So they are servants as well. So you're up on stage, and then you're in the back doing the dishes. Just like now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine waiting around the castle gates for uh, the, the check spot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, uh, King Edward II and Edward III had a succession of fools and called them all Robert. Wow. <laughs> Regardless of their real names. That's so rude. <laughs> you see what I mean? Rich people suck. <laughs> Um, but then by the 13th century, some of the jesters began to, uh, to achieve superstar status. Okay. And they were lucky enough to be employed by royalty. Um, I'm not just farting on the street now. I'm <laughs> farting in the palace. I've farted for kings, princes, dukes. <laughs> they got their own 
horse and servants, and they were all set up. Mm-hmm. So Tom Can you looked, imagine being the servant of a guy who farts for a living? That's low. I'd rather just be a peasant in the field. Forget it. So Tom LaFou, Tom the Fool, okay. performed at a marriage feast of Edward I's daughter Elizabeth and was given a fee of 50 shillings. This was a fortune. Yeah, that's a lot. Thinking just in the, think about the, a, a skilled thatcher, as mm-hmm. they say, could expect to only earn two and a half pence a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, how, I mean there's thatchers plenty. They're laying around. <laughs> Places lousy with them. But a guy who could fart at a wedding? Come on. Yeah. You're telling me that's not worth its weight in gold. So then most fools aren't lucky enough to come a, have this kind of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm sure there's at least someone who farted in there like, that's treason off of his head. Yeah, so th- some of them complained. The that fools? The fools were complaining that nobody could <laughs> be that multi-talented. Because not everybody can play instruments and tell jokes and fart on command. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be a jester and to command that kind of money, you had to just be like a, a quadruple threat. Yeah. A quadruple <laughs> singing, acting, dancing, and farting. Okay. Yes. All right. So if you were selected as a personal jester to a medieval king or nobleman, um, that also came with, um, what they say, a serious health warning. Jesters were often required to go to the battlefield with their, mas- with their masters to carry messages. And everyone could see them. Yep. <clears throat> and they're probably a prime target. You probably get extra points on the other side if you pluck off a, mm. a jester. Yeah, and sometimes they did kill the messenger. As an act of defiance, sometimes even the soldiers, like the generals, didn't like what the king yeah, had to say. Yeah, look at this fool. Killed, killed the fool and said, that's my answer. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, send him back. Yes. Make him fart first, but then send him back. <laughs> my, my men need some, some distraction. So they would even use the catapult. They'd cut off the head. Oh, that's just rude. And then send it back to the king. Like, no, we're Is not it what they that. say? Mm, they didn't like it. <laughs> or the body. The whole body would go sometimes, but... Yeah, so the jester's like, the king said he'd like you to all shoot from the left side, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they You're were like, like no don't problem. Like don't. <laughs> don't. You know. Um, so they also had, they played a vital role to the battle themselves. Um, they would often go and boost the army's morale the night before with songs and stories. So they go there and get them all fired up. Uh, God. That's know? a lot of work. Right, and they'd also mock out the enemies. Wow. <laughs> and then they <laughs> and they would calm soldiers by um, singing to them and laughing and making jokes, singing like body songs and things. Okay. So yeah, and again abusing, mocking out the enemies. So it's a little bit like our USO, except that they're never in danger. Right. <laughs> but they're yeah. on the base. Yeah. Right. Some of them juggled swords or lances in front of the enemy, taunting okay. and, and baiting them. That's just rude. <laughs> I, I like their style though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like how like you're you're out there like defending your country and here comes this asshole farting. <laughs> Throw throwing swords and you're just like Argh. Yeah, like we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So also this is the other thing that just kind of breaks my heart here, even though like they wealthier noble families also adopted men and women who had mental illnesses or physical well, deformities and kept them around for amusement, and they or they said active Christian charity, mm-hmm. and they would they would feed them and provide them with shelter and clothes and let the, you know they would care for them. Yeah, they took them in in a way. In a way, uh, but then when they <laughs> decided that it wasn't funny anymore, then they just put them out on the street. Yeah. They gave them a pension. 
Yeah. That's a go. tradition that uh, existed when I was for quite a long time, at least in the United Kingdom, of having kind of um, a less fortunate person mm-hmm. around to show your, your charity. Yeah. Um, but particularly people who are either dwarfs or uh, little people mm-hmm. would be in this kind of employ yeah. as well. Or anyone, or someone that had what would have con- be considered at the time like an interesting deformity yeah. of some kind to be kept around. I guess it's better than being out on the street. Yeah, so these people, that yeah, they got um, regular alms from the, from the court. So it was like, you can go and mm-hmm. here's some money. And it's you'll keep getting the money. A pension. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, so jesters um, began to move away um, in the Elizabethan period from just being performing in houses to becoming comic actors on the stage. Mm-hmm. They had to professionalize yeah. it because they're like, this isn't working. Right. So I then, need a bigger audience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So And now we have Kevin Hart. Now. And we have Kevin Hart <laughs> today. <laughs> that's, that's Fast the forward. End of that story yeah. <laughs> It's Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there was one of, the last, one of the last professional jesters was... His name was Samuel Johnson, known as Maggoty, because he had a pockmarked face. Okay. Old Maggoty, huh? (laughs) He was born in 1691. He danced, told jokes, acted, and frolicked. (laughs) He frolicked. (laughs) He frolicked with decades. (laughs) He had a patron, the the Duke of Montague, Montague, who helped Maggoty put on a play in London, which Maggoty had written casted himself in the lead role of Lord Flame. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, the play was dire, but nevertheless was staged more than 30 times at the theater. And he, Maggoty believed that he was an excellent singer, um, and, but he usually performed with his <laughs> facing away from the audience when he, because he pulled such bizarre expressions when, when singing so people would laugh. Um, and no, people, that's the show. No, people would laugh at him while, like, he was singing with all his heart, uh-huh. and he would make, make faces, and the audience would laugh. He had a comedy on his hands. He no. didn't want that. It was a... But he said he will turn away so they don't laugh at his expressions. They were laughing at his singing the whole time. <laughs> Is that what he would say? Yeah, but he couldn't accept that they were <laughs> laughing at his singing. They were just laughing at his expressions. Oh, I always, I always say to anyone, if you're trying to do what you think is a serious piece, and I've been here before, and people start laughing, you got a comedy on your hands, mm-hmm. just ham it up. Yeah. Keep going for it, because it's, it's, it's never going to go the other direction. Yeah. Mag, old Maggoty, huh? Yeah, he died at the age of 82. Wow. Initially buried in a churchyard, but his friends removed him. For a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to be buried there, so he wanted to be buried in the woods. Okay. And so his friends did that. Also um, called grave robbing. <laughs> and they moved him to the woods. Yeah, little maggoty. Yeah, I like it. So in uh, you know, on that note, we uh, we tip, we doff our motley fool hats to oh. any of you who are out there. Um, happy April Fools' Day! Yeah, happy April Fools'. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show, regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us, because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes, at stitcher.com, and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks.